Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Room and Room podcast. Really appreciate you joining us again today for another of our Ruminant Nutrition-focused podcasts. My name's Charlotte Westwood. I'm a New Zealand-based veterinarian and nutritionist who works for PGG Rights and Seeds here in Lincoln, in Canterbury, in New Zealand. Now, in this, our latest episode, we've got a special guest joining us today, Brian Young, sales agronomist with the PGG Rights and Seeds team, who's based down in Southland. So a very big welcome to you, Brian. Really grateful to have you join us. Thank you, Charlotte. No, great to be here. Fantastic. Well, look, awesome, Brian. Given you've kind of uh, taken a fair bit of your time to catch up with us about today, uh, we thought we'd just look to you for some of your thoughts and suggestions around decisions about choosing the right pasture or forage seed for our clients' farms. But I guess before we kick into that topic about choosing different types of seeds, love to hear a little bit more about you, Brian. I've known you for well, quite a few years, but I'm sure our listeners would want to know what you've been up to over your career, like things like how long you've been with the PGW Seeds team. And also tell us what does a typical day look like for you when you're out and about? Sorry, lots of questions, but we'd love to hear all about you. Yeah, thanks, Charlotte. So I guess my um, my start in the rural sector was um, back, I guess, when I left school. I, I joined the Farm Cadet Scheme back in the day and really enjoyed I got to, really enjoyed that. got to work on um, three different farms around Southland and um, did my trade cert in farming and trade certificate in farm management at the same time. Then I went and did a bit of shearing. So I was, I was yeah, brought up on a sheep farm, of course, sheep and beef, so... Mm-hmm. Um, did four years shearing in an open run and then went milking cows. So milk cows for 11 years, both town supply and um, seasonal. And then in 1999, started a role at um, Reed Farmers, so a retail um, stock firm back in, back in the day that was um, then, of course, to be merged with Pine Gold Guinness and then um, also with Wrightsons in 2005. So I had 15 years in retail and then the opportunity came up with um, PGD Rights and Seeds in 2014 and jumped into that so I've always loved dealing with the seed um, side of things and um, so I've been there nine years so really enjoy it I guess the best part of my job is getting out and seeing some wonderful farms yeah and get on into country that you don't normally get to see and some great operations and yeah it's 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 what I I love about my job. Well Brian you've had such an amazing background both in both sides of the fence I guess you've been farming in your own right sheep and then through to dairy but also uh, more recently in retail and now with ourselves and the PGG Rights and Seeds team putting your farmer hat back on obviously a lot of our listeners tuning in currently with 2023 look they're going to be feeling the pinch just now milk solids prices down you know lambs aren't worth what they were and of course when our money coming in is down. We want to look at ways to cut costs, and especially if you've got your bank manager on your back. So, Brian, with income down on farm, obviously people will be looking at all of their outgoings, including seed costs, as a way to cut some of the spend out there. Like anything, anything whether we shop at the warehouse versus buying quality equipment or, you know, buying a, a Chinese ute versus a flash Hilux, look, there's other options to do around seed purchases, isn't there, Brian? Yeah, absolutely, Charlotte. And... I guess we, we look at the value proposition and when you're dealing with pasture, like it's, if you look if you look at your pasture, uh, it, it drives your whole farm system, whether you're sheep and beef or dairy, you, you're reliant on that to grow your animals, you're reliant on that to put milk in the vat. So it's probably something that you don't want to be cutting corners on. It's not a short-term fix, if you like. So particularly when you're talking about perennial pasture, 
you, you want that, you know, in the ground for eight to 10 years, depending on your rotation. So it needs to perform for that amount of time. You don't want to be going back to that in three or four years time because it's something's happened. It's run out. It's had insects through it. So it is really important. And quite often when you do the figures, you get that payback within that first year by using the proprietary seed. So it is really important to, to look at the long term and not just a short term fix when you're looking at seed costs. Yeah, so you, you get what you pay for. I guess as far as that goes, you know, there's all sorts of terms and, and terminology around cheap and cheerful seed out there. And this is your area, not mine, which is why you're here doing a, a guest appearance for us, Brian. And there's things like terminologies such as VNS and uncertified seed that will be potentially available in the marketplace this year. What is VNS? What does it mean if someone who's going to be planting VNS seed, what do they need to know about VNS seed? But yeah, first up, what, what is it? Yeah, so VNS is um, a variety not specified. So it's it's usually certified, can be certified seed that's fallen out of spec. So it might be germination or it could be endified as well. So it's just being aware of what's Search your situation, um, particularly around endophyte. And again, you don't want to be going back to that paddock in three or four years' time because it's been taken out with insects. So I'm talking about uh, Argentine stem weevil, Parina, of course, that you get with the, like your AR37 endophyte, AR1, um, you know, does your Argentine stem weevil. So it, it's all pretty good insurance to protect you from um, some of those problems that we have on farm. And of course, uncertified seed. I guess if, if we take a step back, like, Proprietary seed is, is certified, so it goes through a really rigorous process right from um, in, the, in the seed paddock. It's monitored right through the period it's growing with MPI and um, again after harvest. So again, it's got to meet some rigorous sort of thresholds. So it's got to be 99.3% pure. So that's 0.7 of a percent for impurities. Um, it's also going to be 90% germ within 10 days. And in reality, it's actually uh, usually better than that, but that's a a minimum figure, and that's really important too because that's that gives you an idea about seed vigor because you want seed to once it's sown to actually get out of the ground and get going. So, again, that's really important. Certification process is um, is really important, and you don't want to be bringing on weeds onto your farm that you don't like. And you know, that could be you know, nodding thistles, Californian thistles, uh, yellow grommel. There's, there's all sorts of nasty weeds that you don't want to be getting bringing in with your uncertified seed. So yeah, so that's that's the other thing is, you know, your uncertified seed, you don't actually know what's getting it. You don't have a purity, um, like a PNG, so a purity and germination certificate. So it, it could be contaminated with potentially annual grasses or Italian grasses as well. So it's not going to be that perennial mix that you're thinking that you're sowing. So, yeah, really important, um, that certification process for us. Yeah, it sounds incredibly valuable. Otherwise, you, you simply don't know what you're getting. So a question here, Brian... Can you have VNS that is certified, or is all VNS potentially uncertified? Uh, potentially, it could have been certified at, at one point, and it's like it's fallen out of spec. So again, it could be could be could be germination, or it could be endophyte fallen below spec. So it's, it's interesting around the endophyte question. So PGG rights and seeds is we don't sell anything below seventy percent, and again, in reality, it's always it's higher than that. It's normally in that ninety percent. Infection rate for, for your um, endophyte, and that and that's really important. Farmers won't be getting what they're paying for, so you know, particularly around the AR thirty seven, and you know, it comes at a cost, and we want to be sure that the farmer is actually getting it. So, yeah, really important. 
Yeah, that's really interesting, Brian, and, and uh, I'm embarrassed to say I, I do work for PCG Rice and Seeds and I'm, I'm learning just as much as I'm suspecting the listeners are as well, but is this the, the VNS and the certification just about ryegrass seed and pasture seed or is it all seed types like forage crops and clovers and everything else? Does it apply equally to all types of seed? Yeah, sure it does, Charlotte. So, absolutely with your clovers, you can you can get certified clover or, or uncertified clovers. Again, you run the risk of bringing weed onto your farm. Uh, same with same with brassicas, certified or uncertified, and, and any other seed as well. As you've got your cereals that go through the same certification process as well for your for your seed um, cereals. So, so no, it is a really important process, and that's just to make sure that the the quality of seed from all the different seed vendors is up to spec, and everyone's on the same page, I guess, um, providing quality seed for on farm. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, it's um, it's so important, isn't it? Like summing up on that is that best case. With VNS, for example, you might actually get some seed that was certified, but something's fallen out of spec with endophytal germ, and that's your best case. But then, worst case, we could be bringing anything. It could be an absolute mystery surprise in that bag, right? That's right, and and you know it can vary between bags as well. It's um, you know maybe different lines of seed, so it's just something to be wary of. And of course, um, endophyte's really important, particularly down here in Southland. We we certainly have issues with stem we- Argentine stem weevil. You know, we can see whole whole paddocks taken out with steam weevil at different times of the year, particularly direct drilling. Because say endophyte is important, and of course you get then you go to your AR thirty seven with your piranha protection. Mm. And we've seen some real differences this year as well with the amount of piranha that's been around. So, yeah, look, it's um, it's pretty good insurance. And if you if you break it down over the life of that pasture, it's actually not a lot of extra money. And it's something when you do the cost. So, if we're if we're pricing up a seed mix with certified seed, proprietary seed. Yeah, it's going to be dearer, but the quality is, you know, we talk about aftermath seed heading, there's all that sorts of things with the new varieties. They all make a difference to how it's going to put milk in the vat or, or fat in stock. It's it's all really important. Yeah, you're growing extra dry matter. So basically, um, and we know, like we've done all the trials, particularly around the AR37, we know that you're going to grow at least 8.5% more dry matter. So if you're looking at, a, a say, a 10-ton dry matter environment, an extra 800 and 50 kilos of dry matter, and you value that at, at even just 20 cents, you're actually paying for that proprietary seed in the first year. Um, and then you've, you've obviously got year after year. So, you know, you've got the end of fight, you've got uh, quality of those new proprietary species. So it's, you know, you're getting that payback within that first year. And, you know, there's nothing worse than seeing a new pasture drop out after three or four years. You know, seed is the probably the less cost you've got. Maybe put a lot of money into drainage and and getting that paddock up to spec and then cutting the, the final piece of the puzzle, which is your, your seed cost, going for something that may not be certified or out of spec and, you know, getting some really poor results and there's nothing worse than having to go back and reseed it again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I suppose there's a range of factors that, that you've already touched on and, and that pasture dry matter yield in that first season. You know, we'll take that 850 uh, kilograms dry matter times 20 cents every, every day of the week. What's some of the, the other things if we don't know what's in the bag, you know, in terms of you might have a, a newy or, or an older type of grass, even if it's got okay germ and it's up and running, what's some other things that, that fall apart? You said uh, pasture dry matter yields going to be down versus proprietary modern genetics seasonality of pasture production what's what's that about if we got nui in the bag instead of perhaps some of our, our modern genetics of, of ryegrass yeah well, that's right like yes you know it's whole technology and um you know the shoulders of the season 
and also the quality. You know, we talk about aftermath seed heading using Nui, for example. You know, you, it'll keep seeding for three, if not four weeks, whereas um, the new varieties are, are actually bred for low aftermath seed head. So pretty much, you know, within seven to ten days, they they put up a seed head and then they're back into growing nice quality leaf again. So mm. really important when you're trying to finish stock and get get um, milk in the vat back into that nice green leafy material and, and your way you go again. So, yeah, it is, it is really important. And again, um, you know, it's just, just the quality of, of, of pasture. And that's the same can be said for clovers as well. So, you know, your new proprietary clovers, you know, for every tonne that you can grow dry matter in, in clovers, you, you, you should we talk about not fixing nitrogen. Um, so if for every ton you should be fixing around 25 to 30 units of nitrogen basically so you know if you can if you can grow an extra ton of dry matter again you've got put a cost on that so that's at 20 cents thousand kilos there's 200 dollars worth of dry matter and then that 25 units of nitrogen if you work it out at the current price of urea 805 that's another 44 dollars of free nitrogen that you're getting so it's not just ryegrass it comes down to your clovers as well it's what you're using so definitely Definitely advantages. Yeah, got to, got to be over and above old Huia. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's your first year, Charlotte. You've still got all the the other years in front of you, so that's you pay back for that seed cost in that first year. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. I guess then we start turning to the animal and, and what the animal wants. I guess some of the agronomic things that you're talking about, endophytes not up to spec and pastures open up, Piranha takes it out, we're going to get broadleaf weeds and power and those listening up north will be summer grass and all those sorts of things. That's not going to do the animals a lot of favour either, is it? They'll they'll be trying to avoid and graze around some of the less tasty weed species in there. Um, you know, weed species would this potentially bring new weeds on that a that a farm hasn't seen before? Is that a risk? Yeah, absolutely, Charlotte. Because um, obviously, where it's where it's harvested, if it's come from Canterbury, there's you know other weeds that we don't have. Absolutely, it's, it's just opening yourself up for those for those issues. So, mm, you know, mm. we, we talk about um, just back to your thistles, your nodders, and your Kelly's and yeah, yeah it's, it can be all sorts of things. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And I guess wearing the animal hat here, I'm always the, the doom and gloom sort of merchant here, but you know, there's always risk that we bring toxic weed species in. So the weeds reduce pasture utilisation, going to compete with our grasses and clovers for moisture and nutrients. And then the poor old animal, if, if the animal gets a bit hungry, you'll end up eating things that it really doesn't want to eat. So it's reasonably compelling yeah. from the animal point of view, isn't it? Absolutely, and it even goes as far as endophyte too, Charlotte, with, you know, the standard endophyte with the issues you can have with heat stress and, you know, the irrigabaling, which is, you know, not very animal friendly, so animals just don't do on it either, so you don't you don't actually know the, the endophyte status of, of some of this um, uncertified seed either, so it's just being um, wary of that, yeah. Yeah, well, this is true, I guess, for those listening who have sort of gone down the novel endophyte track of getting away from... Lola Trimby, which is the ryegrass staggers one, I, I guess if we buy something and then we don't know what it is, we could end up reverting, you know, paddocks back to standard or wild-type endophyte that produces Lola Trimby and, as you say, higher levels of ergovalin, and I, I guess ergovalin doesn't taste good. And further north, as you say, that'll increase risk of heat stress, you know, in the higher temperatures and humidity. Not so much for the southland there, Brian, but, but further north that could be an issue, hey? So, yeah, I guess we can manage what we know, but if we've got an unknown coming and it's it's not particularly ideal from from the animal's point of view with these with these mystery surprise kind of lucky dip, what's in the bag? Yeah, so you just don't know the quality to be fair, and uh, you know certainly finishing so say finishing lambs for example, you know the, I think the average growth rate on on older pastures is around 150 grams a day, 
Mm. Um, on newer grass, it, it does ramp up a bit to about 175 average. And then you start adding things into, like, you know, for, for every 30% seed head you've got, I think you're, you're dropping your emmy quality by one. So, um, again, take, taking longer to finish lambs, they're on farm longer. Yeah, it's actually costing you money. So it's all those things that you need to be thinking about. Yeah, it's yeah. A, lot of, a lot of hidden stuff there. Yeah, and we don't want lambs on on farm um, unnecessarily long because we've got Ginny Dudansky is going to be joining us in a couple of weeks' time and just talking about the importance of nutrition. So I suspect that when we get Ginny on, if we say we're planting uh, pastures that are going to throw a lot of seed head and be unpalatable and, and slow down lamb live weight gain rate, she's probably going to tell us both off, Brian, if we were advocating that. So, um, no, she's yeah, very, very yes. um, strong about the importance of summer nutrition for lambs and it is just a time yeah. on farm. The longer they're on farm, the more risk that you've got issues around internal parasites and managing internal uh, parasite resistance. So, yes, we will be chatting with Ginny in a couple of weeks' time. Anything else, Brian, to to add? You've done a magnificent job of stepping us through this. We just don't we, we can't manage what we don't know is there, hey? Because there's no way looking as right. as the grass first strikes what you've got, is it? You've, you've got no way of knowing what you have. Absolutely not. Not until you know it's, it does come through the ground. And I guess the, the big if you look at the bit. You need to be looking at the big picture. It's um, you know you want that pasture, perennial pasture in the ground for you know at least ten years if you're you know ten percent sort of rotation. So. You can do all the figures, you know, and you'll pay for that in the first year by using a proprietary product. And especially, um, like we say, we're not just around the ryegrass, but also around your clovers as well that are obviously fixing more nitrogen. You're going to grow more um, ryegrass and also quality of feed as well. So really, it is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, Brian, given you've um, been to both sides of the fence with farming and, and now on the seed industry side of it, you can say with a level of sincerity that, can be false economy is what you're saying to cut corners, but with all due respect to it's a tough year, interest rates and things are yeah. up, but this is a relatively lesser cost compared to the unintended consequences of potentially reducing production both through dry matter yield and animal performance. It's um, pretty compelling stuff. It is, yeah, absolutely. If you if you look at having to go back into that paddock and like I say, you know, three four years time, it's, it's a hell of a cost to go and do that. So you best to do it do it once and do it right. Yeah. Oh, well, look, thanks so much for that, Brian. You're a wealth of knowledge and just the fact that you've come from all parts of the industry, from farming, retail, and, and now with us at PGG Rights and Seeds, really can't thank you enough for stepping us through what this very important aspect of around what's what's in the bag or what's not in the bag. But look, on behalf of uh, Room and Room Podcast, Brian, really appreciate you joining us today and hope that you can join us again soon because you are a wealth of knowledge for all things agronomy, and particularly in that Otago Southland area. So really appreciate your time. Thanks, listeners, again for tuning in to another Room and Room Podcast. This has been Charlotte Westwood, joined by my very able colleague and guru, Brian Young from PGG Rights and Seeds. Hope that you can join us again for one of our podcasts very, very soon. Have a wonderful day out and about, whatever you're doing. Cheers.